today I want to talk about the differences, the differences between men and women. Uh, I feel like in recent years there has been this effort to erase the differences between men and women. We no longer cherish them in our society. It's almost like we're trying to create everybody the same. And I think that's a huge mistake because God designed us different. If you're married, you know this this morning. God designed us different. And it's only when we understand the differences between men and women that we are able to bring God glory and that we are able to live the life and become the people that God has called us to be. And so that is my hope for us this morning. Now, this message is going to be primarily focused on relationships between a husband and wife. However, if you're single this morning, you're sitting here, I don't want you to tune this out because the differences between men and women, uh, they don't just show up between husband and wife. They show up between uh, parent and child. They show up between brother and sister. They show up between men and women at work uh, and at school and every place. So there's something that God has to teach you here today about the difference between men and women that will bring him glory to help you appreciate the differences that you may grow into the person God has called you to be. Amen, church? Amen. Some of the guys are like, I don't know where this is going to go. All right. In fact, is Maria in here? Because I feel like everything I'm going to preach today, if she's in here, I'm going to feel so guilty as I preach it. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm going to read about the passage about when God created woman, and then we're going to go on from there. Ephesians, uh, Genesis, 2, uh, chapter, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. After creating man, he goes, I will make a helper fit for him. Then in verse 19, I appreciate the enthusiasm. In verse 19, Moses, who wrote Genesis, kind of goes back and he says, now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what they would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was what its name then in verse 20, and the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam was not a found a helper fit for him. Okay, this doesn't mean that God was like testing out animals. Like, hey, here, go befriend the dolphin and see if they're a good friend. Moses is just reflecting back and saying, hey, animals have been created, but this isn't the helper that God designed. Okay, verse 21. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And, that, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then man said, this, uh, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman, for she was taken out of man. Moses goes on to say, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Now, do you know why they use the name woman? Because when Adam first saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. Yeah, I feel like that'd be better if I like hit this afterwards, like. And as to, I'm gonna bring this up here, I like this. And I know for those of you who've heard that joke 19 times out of me, yes, I will use it every time I mention this passage from now into eternity, because I can now, the question I want to start by answering is, why did God create woman? Why? Why did God create woman? Have you ever thought about that? 
Today we're going to talk about it. Verse 218 tells us why. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So plainly put, God created woman to be man's helper. Now in our culture, when we think of helper, we think of somebody that helps somebody more important do a job. They're not the main person. They're less than importance, but they help get the job done. But the Hebrew word here for helper, ezer, shows no such thing. In fact, the Hebrew word here carries such an importance to it that's often used to describe God Almighty coming in power and in strength, almost like in military reinforcements. That's what it's meant by help. So God brought woman into the man's life to be a strength to him. A woman makes a man stronger. And in return, a man makes a woman stronger, as we'll talk about today. Now, what kind of strength are we talking about? Go back to verse 18 again. I will make him a helper fit, fit for him, fit. Now, what's interesting about this word in the Hebrew is it has a double meaning. It means something that is opposite of and yet something similar to. God brought woman to be a strength for man because she was similar to man, and yet she was very different than man. Think of it like two puzzle pieces, okay? Two puzzle pieces will not fit together if they are identical. On the other hand, they can't just be different in any general way. They have to be rightly different. They have to be perfectly complementary to one another. So that as you put them together, they complete the picture. This is the strength that God is talking about. There's a strength in a man and a woman coming together that is not there when they are separate. And once again, we're in this society where we're erasing and blurring the lines between man and woman, or there's a history of this battle of the sexes, of dominance, of trying to elevate one over the other, but the Bible says, no, no. They are both equal parts of the puzzle of humanity because they are similar and yet they are so very different. And so I'm going to take a couple minutes and I want to walk through some of the differences between men and women just to remind us of the differences. I can't cover them all because the laundry list of differences between men and women is too long. Now I'm going to say this because when I talk about this, I'll have people come up telling me afterwards how different they are. I realize that all relationships are in varying degrees. Okay, so I'm going to talk about in some generalities here between the differences between men and women. I realize there's varying degrees. We're just going to look at some generalities. Let's start with the physical differences. Generally speaking, men are stronger than women. Now, there are some exceptions. If you grew up in my age, I'm what, 40, what am I, 43, 42, something. I'm, I'm in there, right? I grew up watching, you might remember, if you're in my age group, American Gladiators. Anybody remember watching American Gladiators? Man, I love that show when I was growing up. There was some lady on there that was so strong. They were so in shape, they could whoop me in a heartbeat. If I were to go up against some female boxers, if I were to jump in the UFC octagon against some female fighters, I would be a, twisted into a pretzel in no time. So there's exceptions. But all things being equal, men are built stronger than women. 
You see that struggle right now with biological men competing with women in college sports. The Bible even speaks to this difference. 1 Peter 3, 7 gives this command, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, speaking physically, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. It's a good reminder, men, your prayers can be hindered in how you treat your wives. Now, why is this? Why is man built stronger? Because God had a role for man to play in this world. He needed to be physically stronger for the work to do in the garden. And when they left the garden, as we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. On the other hand, you see God give Eve a very different body. A body that is to give birth and to nurture and to love. That's what God designed her for. So God gives us these, these roles, and then he gives us the tools and the bodies to fulfill these roles that he gave us. Now, this doesn't mean that she is inferior to Adam. Silk. It's weaker than canvas, but it's not inferior to canvas. Porcelain, it's weaker than steel, but it's not inferior to steel. If I want to have a cup of tea, I am not going to drink out of a teacup made of steel. I'm going to have one out of porcelain because they have very different purposes. In the same way, men and women are built differently to accomplish different purposes in this world. Now, personally, I think women are the tougher sex of the two. For if no other reason, they give birth. Their bodies are designed to push an eight to 10 pound baby out of their body. It is like their superpower that God gave them. You know if that was led to men, we would not be here because humanity would have died off in generation one. And women, you know, we just had our, our we just had uh, uh, Ella like a year ago, and she's like the greatest baby ever, right? So, but if you ever notice a man, when a man gets a screaming baby, he can tolerate it for about 0.7 of a second, and he's like, here. Women can have a screaming baby who is breaking windows, shattering windows with decimal levels. They can hold that baby for hours and endure it with a smile on their face. It's amazing. Another difference is men have almost 50% more blood flow in their body compared to women. Therefore, women don't have as many capillaries coming to their skin to bring that blood up. You ever have people in your life, ladies, when they touch you, it physically hurts from how cold it is? You ever been in bed at night and your wife puts her feet on you and they are so cold you have to go to the ER and get treated for frostbite? Like, what is wrong with you? It's because they're designed different. She's not crazy. She's designed differently. You ever work in an office building? I worked in several office buildings, and there is literally a battle of the sexes over the thermostat. The women are like, turn it up. The men are like, turn it down. Why? No, one of them's not crazy. They're just built different. Men have lung, a larger lung capacity. Women have better immune systems. Did you know that? That's why one of the reasons probably why women outlive men. They have better immune systems. See, ladies, the whole man cold thing is real. We're not babies. You have better immune systems. You're built differently. 
You may not be surprised, ladies, to understand, uh, to, to learn that men really do have thicker skulls. At the same time, women have more brittle bones. That's why when you see the Life Alert commercials, it's always a lady. Help me, I can't get up, right? <laughs> We're built different. Neither one is superior. They're built different. They have different purposes. I'll tell you another way men and women are different. Men are like a, they're like a computer, and, and women are like a, like a radar. In other words, they process information differently. There was this article I read not too long ago, and it was talking about uh, gender and the areas of activity. And it said this, it said, a sophisticated form of magnetic resonance imaging that has been done on living brains show that women use both hemispheres when solving problems, and men tend to only use one. So if you've ever suspected that men only have half a brain, there's evidence for this. You know, there's two hemispheres in your, your, your brain. We all learn this, right? A light and a left. And the left, it deals with logic, right? Reasoning, calculation, and so forth. And the right, it, it deals with feeling and emotion uh, and love and, and, and empathy, intuition. Now, men, we're left-siders, right? We approach things this practically. But women, they use both sides of their brain when approaching things. In other words, more information is being passed between the two sides in a woman than in a man. This is probably accounts for a woman's greater verbal skills. They're women's intuition that we talk about. It also makes it easier for her to express her emotions. Did anybody know that men have a harder time expressing emotions? Is that news to people? Right? Now, it also can mean that she can be less able to separate emotion from reason, on the flip side, it can also mean that men have problem bringing emotion into reason. There's a real difference in the way that men and women look at things. It's like those internet sensations you see every once in a while where it shows you a dress and there's two colors, half people see one and half people see others. That when men and women approach subjects, it's the same thing. We see things differently. And because we don't understand this, it's the source of many, many arguments. But you gotta learn that there's a difference. Men are very factual, very illogical, very analytical. It doesn't mean that women cannot be, but she's mixing in emotion at the same time. Much, much more than a man. You, men have to make effort. Like I have to physically, when, when people come and, they, and they, I counsel with them uh, and, and I'm approaching problems, I have to make effort as a man to be empathetic and compassionate and not just go boom, 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 boom. I have to make effort. My wife, it just flows naturally. Another example is women, when they process, because they're processing with both sides, they want all the details. Have you ever noticed this? They want all the details. They want it all. There cannot be too much information because they're using both sides of the brain. In many ways, I think women are superior to men in this because they have the ability to do this. They want to process it all. When she comes home and says, how was your day? And you, you give this great, deep answer, what? Fine. She's like, okay, that's fantastic. No, she wants to know the details. Well, what happened today? Well, we, we, we had a meeting. We did some things, new program at church, blah, blah, blah. Well, she wants to know who was there. How did they respond to the new things? Did everybody like it? Did not, people not like it? Did you actually go out to eat? If you went out to eat, what'd you get? What'd you wear? What happened? Was anybody upset? What'd you do afterwards? How do you feel about it? Now, on the flip side, if you ask her how your, her day was, 
you get way more information than you want, right guys? You get so much more information. Because we're built different. Men, we think women talk too much. Women, you know, we, we get frustrated because men shut down and they, we don't feel like they share at all. Because we're built different. You know, ever read that book, you know, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti? You know, men have everything in separate little sections. Women, everything is mixed. Everything touches everything. And that's the reason a woman and a husband can be in a huge argument that will just destroy the woman. She cannot literally go to sleep. She is bothered. She is weighed. And he can just go to bed and start snoring away. And she, you know, pictures herself putting her pillow over his face. How can he do this? Or he can go in and just start watching TV. Why? Because men have, they're all right, they're all that one side. They just shut that right side right off. They shut off that feeling. Click. Women have a hard time doing that. Which is better? Neither. They both have their pluses and their minuses. Because God made us different. A woman, she's just like a radar. She sweeps and picks up things that men just don't. We'll pick up just one thing at a time. And she's just sweeping, taking everything in. I mean, Maria's told me times, she goes, you know you hurt that person's feelings? I'm like, what? You weren't even in the conversation. I did not hurt their feelings. She's like, I could see it on their face. I'm like, no. Now after 17 or 18, 18 and a half years of marriage, I've learned she's right. Because she picks those things up. She has that intuition that I mentioned. I remember we were, at, we were interviewing with one church. And I was like, oh, that's a good interview. And she goes, there's something wrong here. There's something going on. There's something not healthy. There's something not right. And by that time, I'd learned to listen to her after years of not listening to her. And she was right. Man, there was a lot of problems, a lot of things going on. But why? She has this radar. She's picking things up. Which is better? Neither. They're just different. Because ladies are a radar, they can get distracted by things. They can have things weigh them down. Men, they can focus on something and push everything in a way to, to obtain the objective. On the flip side, women pick up things that men don't, that are oblivious to. They both have a role. They're both important. When it comes to, to speaking, women, they, they speak in code. And a man just reports. Just like a reporter, here are the facts. But when a woman uses language, she's expressing a, a emotion. That emotion says almost more than her words. There's a difference between the way they talk. And, and, and men, you better learn this. Do not primarily listen to a, what a woman says. Listen to what she means. Mm. I think you just said what every other woman was thinking. And this is hard. Like if you sent your woman, your, your, your wife, uh, your friend, whatever, is like tense, stressed out and upset, and you come to her saying, and you say, is something wrong? And she says, nothing's wrong? Mm-mm-mm. Do not say, okay, that's good, and walk away. Because when she says nothing's wrong, everything's wrong. And that's where you got to get over there and you got to listen to her. You better get over there. When your wife says, hey, do I look all right? 
You know what she's saying? Tell me I look beautiful. And I'm horrible at this because I'm very detailed and analytical. So when me and my wife got married, she'd be like, how do I look? I'd be like, you know, I think the other boots would look better. Um, and I like the dress, but I wonder if you did the different necklace. And I, and I was oh, man, yeah, I was stupid. I was stupid. Learned me a long time and said, honey, you look gorgeous. That's perfect, all of it, right? You got to listen to what she means. And then sometimes in marriage, like, because you, you're a, a man's a reporter, a man will say something to a woman in the marriage, and she'll be like, is this what you meant? And he'll be like, no, I meant what I said. And then she won't believe you sometimes. Why? Because women, well, they will speak through their language, I mean, through their emotions. And they'll speak in code sometimes. And men, we often don't. We'll just, we'll just say it. And if you don't understand this, it can create a lot of arguments in a marriage. In a marriage, women want to be cherished. You know, men want, they want to be, they want to achieve things. It's another big difference. It doesn't mean men don't want to be cherished. It doesn't mean women don't want to achieve. But as a buy and a whole, a woman wants to be achieved by her husband. Wants to be cherished by her husband. Man wants to achieve things. 533 Ephesians says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, what does God tell man to do here? He said, love your wife. This is a deep need of every wife to be loved and cherished by her husband. There's been poll after poll after this. They want to be loved. They want to be cherished. They want to be prized. They want to be adored. They want to be number one in your parade. Husbands, do you cherish your wife? That may not be a bad question to ask. Not right now. If you got the courage to ask it, because I don't know if I have the courage to ask it, to say, honey, do you feel like I cherish you? Now, men, they want to be respected. Men want to be admired. Now, they wouldn't admit this, too proud, but they want to know that you believe in them. They want to fix things. They want to succeed. That's why when a woman tells a problem like our video earlier, what does a man want to do? He, boom, let's fix this sucker. Let me get out my tools. We're going to take care of this. I'm going to be your champion, your hero. You're going to praise me. But a woman doesn't always want you to fix it, does she? Sometimes she just wants you to empathize with her, and that is more important to understand her feelings. And that makes no sense to men because we're not addressing the problem here. Men and women are wired differently. He wants to achieve something. He wants to fix it for you. Because men are achievers. We want to save the day. It's different. Not better, not worse, just different. Now, what's interesting is all of these differences are supposed to be a strength, right? It's supposed to make us stronger. That's what we read. But man, when you first get married, it does not feel like a strength, does it? It does not feel like a strength. Marriage is hard. Marriage, we, we watch stupid TV and they give these, these false views of romance or read these books, but marriage is hard. Marriage is really hard. Marriage is extremely hard. Think about it. You take two different people that are completely opposite. You put them in the same tight location, day in and day out. What is going to happen? There's going to be the butting of heads. You are going to butt heads as a married couple. It's going to happen. Frustration, anger, 
hurt feelings, miscommunications. And, and it can be so easy for us to see our spouse as a hindrance. But when you understand and you appreciate the differences between you, instead of seeing them as a hindrance, as something that needs to be fixed, you start to realize that they're a help, that they're a help in your life. And that's pretty much the main thing I want you to take away today is to see that spouse in your life, to see that person that's influenced in your life, the opposite gender as a help and not a hindrance. It would change our marriages straight out in this country. And when you start to appreciate them and see them as a help, it starts to mold you into the person that God has called you to be. You know, if you've met my wife, she's, uh, she's soft-spoken. There's a, a, a kindness about my wife. And unless she's playing volleyball, then there's an evil in her. But outside of that, there's a softness and a sweetness about her. And she cares about people's feelings. Whereas I don't. I'm objective focused. I'm like, let's get the job done. But after years of marriage, I, I noticed I start entering situations and conversations differently. I start thinking about what my wife has said, what she has observed in the past. And it's made me a better person. But it's come from years of her softness and, and, and my hardness butting heads. And I'm a different person now because of this marriage. I'm softer. I'm kinder. I'm more gentle. I know some of you who know me well, you're probably like, man, geez, you used to be less gentle? What was that like? Poor lady. But it comes from this rubbing together, this butting of heads. It's the only way I've become this. Because she's a help in my life. And there's ways that I've helped her as well. One of the things that I notice in our country, we are so such a rich, me first, we get everything we want, how we want a country, that we take this consumer mindset into every area of our life. We don't like something, we get rid of it. Our job, our families, and our marriages. And so we come in and we want to find a wife, we want to find that right person who is just going to fulfill all of our needs. Everything is going to be blissful and wonderful. And then when that doesn't happen, we're like, well, this was the wrong person. The truth is, we always marry the wrong person. Mm -hmm. We all, like, like men, when they're dating, they become Mr. Romance, don't they? They become like the dude on the top of the romance novels, you know, with the flowing hair, like Fabio used to be, right? And they're like flowers and candies. They write poems and songs. They do all of this. Then they get married, and it's like, what happened to that dude, Right? What happened to that guy? Why? Because he had an objective. He wanted to get you as his wife, and now he has it. And so there's this rubbing of these different personalities, these different ways, and then it takes time, and then you got to remold him into helping him be romantic, because men are not romantic like women are. They're different. Men are very visual. Women are very romantic, right? And it, so it takes this time for him growing to, to, to be a romantic, not for the sake of himself, but for the sake of his wife, who he wants to love and to cherish, but this takes time. I tell people when I'm counseling, man, fighting is good in marriage. Now, you can fight poorly. That's not good. But when you butt heads, you're growing each other. You're growing together. You're becoming the person that God wants you to. Marriage works the selfishness out of you. Children rip the selfishness out of you. 
but a marriage is designed to work it out of you. It's not, it's not, marriage isn't designed to bring you into confrontation with your spouse, but to bring you in confrontation with yourself and your selfishness, to, sh- to show you what's wrong with you, to show you what your sins are, to show you ways that you need to change that you would never find elsewhere otherwise. And I, sometimes I wonder, like, you ever notice, like, most everybody marries people that are opposite than them. Most everybody. And even when I come and I counsel people who are like the exact same personality, the way they approach things are different. I mean, I'm like, God, did you like just ingrain this into us? So we would be forced to marry people that would help us to become more holy and like you. Man, how your marriage would change. I don't know where your marriage is right now, but I guarantee you every one of you in a relationship, there's someone in here whose marriage is struggling. And if you were to start to see your spouse as a help and not a hindrance, it would change everything. That's my whole goal for this marriage message, whole goal. To appreciate the differences between you. To notice, know that they are there to help you to grow and mature, even though it's painful. To start seeing each other that way. To realize you are one flesh. It is not about me and my way, about us and moving together. This is one of the things I tell about every couple. I guarantee you right now it'll solve every problem in your marriage if you learn to move together. One of the mistakes I made when we first got married, if Maria had a problem, that was her problem. If I didn't see it as a problem, then she was overreacting. Yeah, I was a fool. Now I've learned when my wife has a problem, I have a problem. Why? Because either I am there to support her in her weakness and struggle or because I'm blind to the fact that there's a problem. Far too many of spouses, both men and women, if our our spouse has a problem, we don't see it as a problem, we dismiss it. I'll tell you right now, some of you, you're not even resonating with this message, especially for you ladies, because you've, you've just spent so many years giving up hope on working together that you don't even open up your heart to it anymore. And that's what happens in a marriage. When we don't see each other as a help, we grow cold to one another. Moving forward together and serving each other in our differences. Man, men, do not complain when your wife says, I need a blanket. Get that woman a blanket. Get it ahead of time. Prepare for it. Women, ladies, when it's summertime and it is 100 degrees outside and he does not want to cuddle, do not take it personally. It's not a rejection of you. He's just hot and sweaty and he doesn't want to cuddle. Turn up the AC first and then go back. Men, there is a horrible history in this world of men using their physical advantage to intimidate women. You have a purpose as a protector of your wife, not as an intimidator. You are to protect her with your strength, to fight for her, to stand up for her. I remember I was talking to one dad, and he goes, I, I try not to, I try to keep violence out of my home and tell my children step up to my wife. And that's where I draw the line. He wants to protect her. Men, do your wife see you as a protector? Do they see you as a protector? When it comes to communication, appreciate the differences. When she has a concern, do not dismiss her. She probably sees something you do not. And when she is sharing, ask her how she feels. Don't try to get through it fast. Allow her to share with you. 
Sit down and give her focused time. At the same time, ladies, you know something my wife does sometimes? She's like, you know what? I'm going to give you the man version. And she'll cut out all, she'll trim all the fat of the story, and she'll give it to me straight because she knows I'm busy or I'm in the middle of something. Sometimes you can give the man a man version of your story, and he will appreciate it. And then he'll know when you give it, you need to express every detail on God's green earth since the beginning of the time to express yourself. He'll appreciate it and want to listen more. Men, women, sometimes men need time before they share. They need time to process. They need time to work on how they feel because they're not as connected. Allow them that. At the same time, men, don't just say, hey, we'll talk about it later and leave your wife stranded for the end of time. Say, hey, can we talk about it tonight after dinner? Give her a time where she knows you're going to talk. And this takes work and it takes patience. And you need to teach each other how to talk. Ladies, teach your men what you need them to say because he really probably does not know. Don't get mad that he don't know because he don't know. Teach him. Let him know. My wife, she'll say to me, I need to share something with you. And she'll be like, I just want to vent. Or she'll say, I need your advice. And then I like, I know which switch to go in. And then if she doesn't share that, I'll say, honey, do you just want me to listen or do you want some advice? And I'll, I'll listen. And she'll do the same thing with me. Men, ladies, some of you ladies don't understand, uh, don't, don't know this about men. We hate unsolicited advice. We hate sharing and opening up and then you're like, okay, you need to do boom, 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 and boom. We're the same way. We don't like unsolicited advice. We don't always want somebody to fix it. And so Maria will say to me, you want my advice or you just want me to listen? And sometimes they're like, no, I, need, I already know what I gotta do. I'm just, ugh. And other times I'm like, yeah, babe, can you help me out here because I'm lost. But you communicate. What do you need? This is what I need. Man, how many marriages have been going on for years at this disconnect because they never expressed to each other what they need? You guys with me this morning? Husbands, you are task-oriented. I'll tell you right now, your number one task, your number one job is your wife and your family, period. In fact, I put that, I love, uh, I love task lists. Oh, I love task lists. Put it in there, check in the box. It fills my soul. Mm. So you know what I had to do? I had to put Maria. I had to put family as a task list. Because I needed to see him that that's my job. And that means my task is to support her in the way that she needs, not in the way that I think she needs. This is where the love languages come in. What does my wife need from me? We often just think we know what our wives need based on what we think we would need. Nah, that's not how it works. We're different. We need to cherish our wives. We need to take her out on dates. I send my wife texts. You know why I send my wife texts? I'll send her a cute little teddy bear that says, I love you. And I'll try to choose the cheesiest ones possible. Do you know why I do this? Because I remember. Now, sometimes I remember. But when I first started doing this, I literally put it in my task list. Why? Because otherwise I would forget. Does that make me less romantic? No. It means I want to put in the effort to make my wife a priority. Because I know I'm not going to think about it otherwise. Wives. I walk into so many wives, especially in the church. Because ladies, men in the church tend to spiritually, they stay in the back. It's, it shouldn't be this way. It drags my soul that men just are apathetic when it comes to spiritual matters and getting close to God in the church. Not, not all, but a greater majority. And women will get so frustrated, they will belittle their husbands. They'll not belittle them just privately. They'll belittle, belittle him in front of me or in front of others. There's not a worse thing you can do 
than to belittle your husband. And I gotta tell you, you know one thing I love about God is he doesn't see us just for who we are, he sees us for who we can be in him. And in the same way, ladies, build up your husbands. Speak into him. Even in the areas where he is failing, say, I know who you can be in Christ Jesus. I believe in you. You will get there. Does your husband know that you believe in him? Because of God's spirit, his strength, the power of his word, anything is possible, no matter what mistakes your husband has made. Does he know that you can believe in him, or are you just, in your bitterness and anger, just chopping at your relationship? And like says, sometimes in marriage, one is weaker than the other, and that's where the other has to become stronger. I use this one illustration all the time. In every marriage, I use this illustration. Every, I mean, everywhere in ceremony, I talk about, and I use it in all marriage counseling. I talk about the pastor who said he married a woman. I think I've used it here before. And he said he married a woman who did not have the ability, God help her, to close any cabinets. Right? Could not close a cabinet to save her life. And it irritated him to no end. He would belittle her, berate her. He would leave her notes. He was so angry. And she wasn't trying to be a jerk. She just... Forgot to close cabinets. Now she's tried to close cabinets. Not, that's not the point. But the point is, he realized that one day he felt like God convicted him and said, Lord, have you ever considered, Randy, that I put you in your wife's life to close her cabinets for her? Oh, my Lord. Have you ever considered that some of the weaknesses your spouse has, God has put you in that life, in her life or in his life, to be that strength? Hmm. God doesn't leave us alone in our weaknesses, does he? He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit and his word to be our strength. He puts people in our lives, in the church, to help us grow as Christians. Why would we not think that maybe we are placed in our spouse's life to be in a strength in their area of weakness? Man, our marriages would change if we saw the differences between us, our spouse, not as a hindrance, but it's a good thing because they're they're there to help us and we're there to help them as one flesh. It would change everything because we're made to fit one another.